I want to talk to you a little bit about My Patriot Supplies. Uh, my Patriot Supply is a place that I've trusted for a long time for my family. You go to the website, preparewithglenn.com. Uh, and right now, they're offering a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. It's a wide variety of, you know, different kinds of foods that you can you can pick. 2,000 calories, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks, everything that you need. Please, stock up before... <laughs> Uh, even more crazy things happen. I mean, we have a we have a prisoner number now as the uh, president. He has another number other than 45. What what is happening to our country? Please prepare yourself now. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenn back program welcome to the glenn beck program well our president now has a mugshot. he has a prison number where are we headed we're also going to check overseas today we've got a few things that are happening there the alliance defending freedom uh, the CEO and president is joining us here in a little while. Um, a member of parliament is under trial again for quoting the Bible. Already beat this once. She quoted the Bible. Now under trial a second time trying to put them in jail. Have you seen how many attorneys are now in jail? you see what's going on? America... Um, we're in a very different place than we were. And I want to talk to you about the trust you have. Who do you trust? Who can you trust? I'm going to start with a quick stop in Hawaii when we come back in 60 seconds. So there are some pains you just have to live with. For instance, I got a pain in my backside affects me every single day. I sit here at work and the pain is just throbbing over here on my right uh it's shaped like stew but anyway <laughs> no amount of anything is going to get rid of that uh if you have something that's maybe less severe than that pain in your backside like stew uh please try the three-week quick start 1995 it's a trial pack of relief factor it's not a drug uh so it's not going to whack you out it's actually meant to hit your inflammation in your body from four different directions ibuprofen only does it from one this hits it from four different different directions. That's why I think it works for me and so many others. Relieffactor.com. Go there now. 800, the number four, relief. Get the 1995 three-week quick start. Relieffactor.com. 800, the number four, relief. Feel the difference. I'm going to start with a, 
a story, and I, I want you to listen to this because it is way beyond Maui. Remember that our government, or the government of Hawaii, delayed the supply of critically needed water. They distrusted the people and how they might react, so they didn't give them a proper warning. They didn't put off the air sirens. They didn't release any text messages, which we all know those alarms go off on our phones all the time. The Maui Emergency Management Agency chose not to do these things. Other officials had been warned years in advance that the historic town faced high wildfire risk. They dragged their feet on preventative measures. This I am quoting from the New York Times. Now, let me tell you a story. It's about a mom who ran a cleaning service in Lahaina, and she was working, unfortunately, the day her town was reduced to ash. She has an adopted son. He would have turned 15 on Sunday. He was only five miles away from home. He was at home with his dog, just enjoying the last day of summer vacation. CBS News now has reported that when mom and her husband learned about the threat of the fires, they jumped in the car and they raced home to try to save him. Vargas told CBS, I I was told, don't go, don't go. But I responded, it's my son. They had gridlock traffic. It was a race against time. They ditched their vehicle, continued on foot. However, then they were met with another obstacle, a police barricade. NPR has reported the police were barring people from going toward the firestorm. She said, I told them my son was still in our house. I said, he's in this house on this street. There was a language barrier. It took more time. She said, that's when I got down on my knees and I threw my hands in the air. And then I disobeyed. She went and she slipped past the officers. She ran in her flip-flops, which were melting. She was reportedly taken by a man on a motorcycle right up to the fire's front. When she attempted to enter the fire zone, first responders assured her the area had been cleared. No one is there. Everyone. You have to have faith in the system. Everyone is. We've gone through all of these houses. Everyone had escaped. Well, with the understanding that their son and others in the area had been cleared out by the authorities. Her and her husband did what they were told, and they went to the beach. They waited, among all the other families, for their son to show up. They didn't find him. For two days, they waited. Then they could finally make their way back in to the home. This is when she discovered the area had not been cleared They went into what was remaining of the house. And mom found her son dead in his bedroom, clutching his dog. The Associated Press 
has reported the barricades erected by authorities didn't just slow Vargas rescues uh, her efforts in town, but prevented some Maui residents from escaping the blaze as well. If you were attempting to flee the fires, there was only one exit and it was the only paved road out of town. But authorities set up a barricade, a barricade that would allow them to access Highway 30. As a result, numerous cars were sent back into the flames. Now, those who disregarded the barricade managed to survive including one family who ignored the barricade and just drove around it. Having ignored the instruction of authorities, the family ended up safe and secure. A man who also had no time for these restrictions drove his four-wheel drive vehicle down a dirt road to safety. Another went uphill to safety, precisely where the government said, we can't use the air horns because people will go up the hill and they'll die. He drove his truck uphill. He lived. I want to talk to you about the experts and your government. You don't have to have a Uh, an evil government. You just have to have a big, unresponsive government that thinks it knows better and will make you comply. Doesn't have to be evil. Governments are not responsive and cannot adapt, and it closes out all opportunities for everyone who thinks differently whether that is just in business or on escape. By the way, the experts are also telling us now that if you are fighting against obesity, you're fat phobic. Well, maybe I'm fat phobic, but as a fat man, I know anyone who says to me, you know what, Glenn, have some more ice cream is trying to kill me. Period. Period. Now, your experts are now trying to kill people because that's what it is. Anyone who says it's fine, Lizzo, you are healthy. You go, girl, have some more pancakes. They are trying to kill them. How about this one? We have to have electric vehicles because it's so bad for the planet. You know, gas and oil, it's bad for the planet. Well, what's going to be better for us? Electric vehicles. And electric vehicles, remember, they got to take your gas stove out of your house. You can't have your water heater because it might be hurting your children. Because we care about children. And maybe you don't because you're white and you're racist and you just like people enslave. Hmm. In order to facilitate electric vehicle production, the U.S. is seeking to spend taxpayer dollars to develop cobalt supply chains from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, a country which is known for high prevalence of unsafe child labor in its mines. 
most of the mines are controlled by the Chinese. So you don't like enslavement. But our government will now send over a buttload of your hard-earned money to people who are running child labor in cobalt mines in Africa. Why? Well, because we need it from someplace because China has about 75% of all cobalt. You cannot build a battery without cobalt. Who's doing us a service? And by the way, if you actually think that we can go and take cobalt from the, the mines of Africa, ship it over to China or over here, shipping pieces over here, combining them, shipping them back and forth to make sure everything is refined, then having a car built in parts of it in Canada, parts of it in Mexico, parts of it in Brazil, parts of it in China, have them all shipped together and then put on a giant truck. And that's better for the environment. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. By the way, a new update from the experts. The experts have just done an analysis in Europe of 39 brands of straws. And now they're looking for a new synthetic chemical, PFAS. They found the majority of the straws tested that had this chemical in it are bamboo or paper. Synthetic chemicals used to make everyday products from outdoor clothing to nonstick pans resistant to water, heat, and stains. However, when they're put into straws, they're harmful to people, the wildlife, and the environment. Substances, quoting from the study, break down very slowly over time and can persist over thousands of years in the environment, a property that has led them being known as forever chemicals. They're also linked to a number of healthcare problems, including lower response to vaccines, lower birth weight, thyroid disease, increased cholesterol levels, liver damage, kidney cancer, and testicular cancer. They're now saying don't use paper straws. By the way, we have some new news as well. Biden's health czar has just come out. They're going to revise the alcohol advice to match Canada's alcohol advice. Dr. George Koob. He's watching Canada's, quote, big experiment with interest. If there is health benefits, I think people will start to reevaluate where we are in the U.S., Current recommendations say women can have up to one bottle of beer, small glass of wine, or a shot of spirit a day, while men can have two. But the new study out shows drinking any amount of alcohol raise the risk of someone suffering 60 diseases. 33 have never been linked to booze before. Um, so now they're saying you can only have two beers a week. That's it. Now, as an alcoholic, I know the problems that I have with alcohol. Uh, I also know the trouble that came with banning alcohol. Now, they're not talking about banning alcohol, but may I remind you, they now control your health care. They now can monitor everything you do, including what you buy. 
Are you going to get health care when we need to when we need to ration it because we just don't have enough? You going to get health care if you've had more than two drinks? Florida Surgeon General came out yesterday. He said they're starting to reimpose mask policies, mask policies that have been proven ineffective and restarting lockdowns that we know to cause harm. You don't call this sanity. These are terrible policies that only work with your cooperation. How about refusing to participate? Well, he's out on the edge. He disagrees with the experts. He's going against what the government experts tell us to do. Well, the government experts also have made it critically important that you do one thing. That if you're thinking about a new drug, you better outline all, all of the flaws in that drug and possible dangers on that drug. I want you to hear this commercial you've heard a million times. Oh. 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 People with type 2 diabetes are excited about the potential of once-weekly Ozempic. In a study with Ozempic, a majority of adults lowered their blood sugar and reached an A1C of less than 7 and maintained it. Oh, under 7. And you may lose weight. In the same one-year study, adults lost on average up to 12 pounds. Oh, up to 12 pounds. A two-year study showed that Ozempic does not increase the risk of major cardiovascular events like heart attack, stroke, or death. Oh, now increase risk. Ozempic should not be the first medicine for treating diabetes or for people with type 1 diabetes Uh or diabetic ketoacidosis. Do not share needles or pens. Don't reuse needles. Do not take Ozempic if you have a personal or family history of medullary thyroid cancer, multiple endocrine neoplasia syndrome type 2, or if you are allergic to Ozempic. Stop taking Ozempic and get medical help right away if Uh you get a lump or swelling in your neck, severe stomach pain, itching, rash, or trouble breathing. Serious side effects may happen, including pancreatitis. your doctor if you have diabetic retinopathy or mm. vision changes. Okay. Taking Ozempic with a sulfonylurea or insulin may increase the risk for low blood sugar. What? Common side effects are nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, stomach pain, and constipation. Okay. Some side effects can lead Good to dehydration, heavens. which may worsen kidney problems. I discovered the potential. Stop! With a- that was a 55-second disclaimer. 55 second disclaimer and they want to shut you down for even questioning is this well tested does this have any side effects they want you to shut your mouth and sit down i'd like them to live by their own rules before they come putting the rules on me and my family we go back to maui in a second What uh, have you been doing this summer to fight the heat? If your answer is, you know, didn't include ordering custom window blind treatments from blinds.com, might be time for you to check that out. Whether you know what you're doing and what you want, and you can pick them out and install them yourself, or you don't know what you're doing at all, you want somebody else to kind of go, this would look good, this would, you know, accomplish the things you want, and install them. You get unlimited window treatments installed for one low cost. They have 25 million windows that they have covered. You can rest easy. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And you can beat the, uh, the heat this summer and the winter that is coming by 
putting something over to stop all of that heat and uh, cold from being transferred from the windows. Stop at blinds.com right now and save 40% off plus free installation on qualifying purchases up to 40% off right now at blinds.com. That's blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds station ID. So I go back to um, uh, Maui now and J.P. Decker. Um, he's a Mercury One executive director. Uh, he is there. And J.P., there are now we're hearing maybe 1,100 people that are still missing. The FBI, I don't know why the FBI is doing this, but the FBI is releasing all of the names today. Um, and they have not told us how many children. In fact, they say... At some point, they said no children were missing. We know that's not true. What is it like on the ground there? Glenn, it's, we haven't even been here 24 hours. And the impact that we have already seen that this fire had on the city of Lahaina is devastating. Um, we, we heard a story yesterday about, you know, there was looting that was happening. And I'm not saying looting is not happening. But at the time, these were just parents trying to run in and find the bodies of their children. This is America. This should not have happened. As in, they should be the ones that we're holding in the palm of our hand saying, we can help you. We're here to help you. When New York, when COVID happened, we had medical ships off the coast of New York in no time. And they served maybe just a little under 200 people. There are no ships when you look out in the harbor. No ships at all. When we drove in, we drove in on right above where Lahaina is at. We could see the devastation. And that road... Uh, right along the, the coast is what every, te- every local would take in and out to go to Costco. It's mm. gone. The, the museums are all gone. The history is all gone. The families that were impacted that saw their family members burning in cars. I, I, we spoke to someone yesterday who their staff tried to rescue people out of cars, but those people were too scared to get out of the cars, and they saw them burn alive in their cars. Oh my gosh. This it's just devastating to see that but like just like you said earlier what has happened? I mean the locals here some of the strongest people I've ever met. They they want their city to be rebuilt. But okay. nobody's here to help other than Mercury One. Uh, well there we are partnered with a lot of people and Mercury One is one of the people that are are there. Thank you for the update uh, JP. If you would like to help us help them, please just go to mercuryone.org. That's mercuryone.org. We have been there from the beginning. The Glenn Beck Program. Need your help. Are you tired of not only paying too much for your mobile phone service, but also of knowing that some of your exorbitant amount of money that you're shelling out every month is going to support causes that you don't believe in? One of the best things about living in a country where, for now, we at least have some choices and uh, still a relatively free market is that you can choose different companies. Um, Patriot Mobile, they're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks, so you're getting the best possible service in your area. And when you make the switch to Patriot Mobile, you're letting the world know that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, the Second Amendment, our military veterans, and first responder heroes. 
Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Beck. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. Get the same dependable service and take a stand for your values. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 878-PATRIOT. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you'll save 10 bucks off the best election coverage on Blaze TV. So I want to pick up a story that we we spoke about on this program in 2022. So last year. Um, and it's a story about um, a member of of parliament um, and they quoted the Bible and they that's their right to quote peacefully share her deeply held beliefs. But she was charged with hatred and uh, they are now in Europe doing everything they can to silence this this person uh and this is uh, not a radical this is just somebody who just decided to quote the bible they already went through one trial and now they're trying her again because the first trial didn't work out i don't know how the laws work over there but uh hopefully <laughs> well i guess we have donald trump uh to prove maybe otherwise hopefully this doesn't uh, catch on here we have um, Kristen uh, Wagner. She's Alliance Defending Freedom's CEO and the president, and she is helping to uh, correct this problem. Can you fill us in on the things that I'm missing here? Sure. Well, it's quite a story. I think one that would shock most Americans. Pivy Rossman is a mother of five. She's a Finnish member of parliament and has been for over 25 years. She served as the chair of her party. She's been the minister of the interior in Finland, and she was just recently reelected to her post as an MP. She's also a medical doctor and a pastor's wife, um, so <laughs> quite the combination. Yeah. Um, but Pivey has been involved in public life for over 25 years, and when her church denomination in Finland uh, said, said that they were going to be supporting and, and partnering on the gay pride parade, she sent out a tweet in 2019 objecting to that and also including a Bible verse related to it. As a result, the Finnish authorities launched a full-bore investigation, a fishing expedition into all of her public statements in the past um, and used those statements. There were essentially three that just simply articulate her faith to charge her with three hate crimes, which actually can include prison time, up to two years of prison time. She won. Um, we're able to serve on the legal legal team, um, ADF International, and she won her trial. But unlike in the United States, when you win a criminal trial in Finland, the prosecutor can appeal that. And so she faces trial again next week at the Court of Appeals. So how clear was it on the last win? I mean, was it? <laughs> it was unanimous. <laughs> doesn't get any clearer than, than a unanimous ruling. Uh, and w- what do we know about this this next group of judges or however the system works over there? Well, the European 
Court of Human Rights is the ultimate court, but we're in the finished courts right now. We're optimistic that she should win. The um, The law supports her. The European Convention of Human Rights, which is, is essentially the, the law that governs European countries, Article 9 and 10 guarantees the right of our, our ability to practice our faith and to speak freely as a fundamental human right. And so the law is certainly on our side, but we're seeing European countries pass these vague hate speech laws to try to trump those laws. And then we see state governments try to use them and weaponize them when they have people saying things that they think uh, oppose the state orthodoxy. So are people, the people of Finland with her, agnostic, against her? The people are with her. I mean, she was just reelected this year. Um, wow. You know, During the, all the, of this. The, yes. And, and Glenn, I would just emphasize for your readers, you know, many of the constitutions and governing documents around the world have protections in them for our right to practice our faith and to speak freely, but they're not worth the paper they're written on if we have an apathetic citizenry. Correct. The words in our First Amendment, there are no magic words to that. It, it's about the citizens' intent to require the government to adhere to those rights. And if they don't, if we don't stand up and use the system that we were given, uh, then we lose those rights. If we just say, ah, I, that's what's so concerning to me about Donald Trump's arrest and arrest of all of these attorneys and everyone else for questioning. And, you know, we'll look at all of the facts, but it appears as though it's the questioning of uh, the uh, the election that is causing so much trouble. And if it can't get you one way, we'll get you another way. It is it is really becoming a dangerous trend. And I, I hope people begin to wake up. Uh, are, are people waking up at all in Finland on on this? I do think they are. Um, we're hopeful that they are. The fact that it's going up to the Court of Appeals is concerning and that the prosecutor even argued that Pivey shouldn't have a right to even really participate in her defense, that the Court of Appeals didn't need to hear from her what? Uh, was concerning. I, I mean, the Bible was put on trial in this case. The human right to freedom of religion is, you know, facing direct assault, even at the trial itself as our attorney was there, was just stunned that the prosecutor opened by saying, this is not about the Bible, it's not about Christianity, and then began to read passages that the prosecutor disliked, questioned the defendants. It's not just Pivey, it's also a bishop um, who is on trial who helped her publish a pamphlet in 2004 on the biblical meaning of marriage. And even in that, in that instance, she's questioning the bishop's theology and his hermeneutical um, approach to the Bible. It's, it's just stunning what they are getting away with. And we're seeing, you know, other instances in Mexico, we are representing civil society leaders and former congressmen who have been convicted of um, essentially what's considered violence by speaking out against transgender ideology. And we have been representing people in the UK who are silenced outside of abortion clinics because of a thought crime. They can't even silently pray. Um, so again, I would just say this trend at ADF, we're an international organization, so we're seeing a global censorship trend, and the United States is not immune to it, although we did just win a phenomenal free speech victory in 303 Creative, but we have to be vigilant. 
Uh, ADFlegal.org is uh, the web address, and uh, we have been uh, friends with this organization for a very long time. They do uh, the the yeoman's work here uh, in protecting the Constitution and all of our rights, especially those that we disagree with, not just the ones we agree with, but the ones we disagree with. All people have a right to their self-expression um, and uh, and the Bible being labeled hate speech is a little disturbing. Should be a wake up call. Help them in this fight. ADFlegal.org. ADFlegal.org. Thank you so much, uh, Kirsten. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for all you're doing as well. You bet. Bye bye. Uh, you know, there's um, we are getting close to. I, I don't know what, but. Uh, I pray that you will pray and fast and pray for peace in our country. Um, what happened yesterday with Donald Trump is just absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. Uh, and um, I, I just fear there are people on, on both sides of the aisle that don't have good intent you know, there are people that are truly working against the Constitution. We know that on the left. But there are those people that are working on the right to do the same thing. And most people, this is the one thing that I liked about uh, Vivek. Uh, and I hope he's, if he's not the presidential candidate, I hope he becomes a vice presidential candidate. Uh, I hope he is, uh, has a very long career because he is speaking the words that Ronald Reagan spoke to the youth at the time, like me. And that really helped me solidify my love for this country and its history. That's what we need in this country. Vivek is doing that right now uh, because it's not just going to be us. We have got to get the younger generation. And there are people that are saying the Constitution is old, outdated on the right that it is time for, you know, uh, maybe a, a dramatic uh, change and change life in America forever and go back to, you know, pre-enlightenment kind of thinking. And it is a little terrifying to see it. But the youth will not be able to defend it if they don't have that love for America and they don't have that love for America. We have to instill that in them. Pray for the nation um, because uh, there, are, there are very powerful forces that are trying to uh, stop freedom of speech, freedom of thought. Get involved, please. Back in a minute. Land of Lakes, Florida, Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They are building a, a community down there. It's called the... Let us do good village. It has about 100 homes for their program participants right now. There are two families already moved in, a Gold Star family and a family of a severely injured hero who will serve our nation and has served our nation. This is a special place where families will be able to come together and heal after the loss of their loved one, a firefighter, a police officer, a military member, somebody who has been tragically altered. They build smart homes to help them manage. And now a community where they can really grow and 
and heal together. Every mortgage-free home, the foundation, is making good on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices and the heroes that have made our country and our communities. So donate $11 a month, will you, to Tunnel to Towers. Tunnel to Towers. T, the number 2 T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So this is weird. Uh, how many times have you been in a plane crash and everybody's head uh, just was lopped off, right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, most times when I had, I had four plane crashes last week mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. each time my head was lopped off. That is weird. It's usually the case. That's usually what happens. So there was a crash uh, of an airplane. Uh, we don't know what happened, um, but it was <laughs> carrying the guy who, remember, led the coup against Putin. And then Putin was like, oh, let him go. It's, no ah, big it's deal. a vacation to Belarus. No yeah, big deal. No big deal. Uh, well, he was in an airplane. And oh, uh, what, this is a tragic story. And it just stopped working or may have been blown up. We don't we're not sure. Well, we know it didn't just stop working because they have the flight plans and it just went straight down. Ah, which okay. is not usually what happens when a plane stops working. Like, oh, okay. People can still communicate. They'd say, hey, we're going down. I can't believe yeah, this. Okay. None of that happened. Just, they just went straight went, down. It was going in the air and then it went boink. Yeah. Now, uh, there's video footage uh, that was captured shortly after the crash, uh, and it's uh, pretty devastating. Uh, there are This is an unnamed source that claimed that several of the bodies discovered lacked heads. And uh, that's weird. That is uh, weird. That's weird for multiple reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one being that wouldn't necessarily feel like the type of thing that would happen. If, <laughs> no. Let's I've... say you had an explosion on board. Everyone huh. lost their heads. Yeah. On the other hand, though, I don't exactly know what the accusation is. Like, so they there's 10 people on this plane, I think. One of them decapitated the others. They loaded them all on decapitated, but then the pilot sacrificed themselves in the crash. Like, I don't know what. what I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Um, and now there's even speculations that maybe that guy wasn't even on the plane. Yeah. Th- that he that. may have been taken uh, and is, you know, in some comfortable abode with Putin uh, or. Or being tortured. Uh, yeah. Well, no, mm-hmm. he's in the comfort and oh, okay. the care of Putin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was also an accusation of maybe they erased this guy. They they knew he had this had to happen for Putin to hold his his power, but they've just this is his way of going into a quiet retirement somewhere. Mm. Now I don't buy that. I think he was just assassinated. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, why why I mean why try to make it look like anything else? It, Everybody just assumes that's what it is. Yeah. No, it, um, that's what I'm saying. I think, yeah. everybody, you know, that's probably what it's, it's kind of his M.O. Right. But, you know, you know? The, I guess the other it's hard to, I, on a plane crash. It's hard to say, like, there was some plot they were doing, because that means whoever the pilot was probably had to sacrifice themselves uh, from, uh, you know, for whatever stunt this was, which yeah. it would be strange. I mean, I think uh, my guess is the easiest explanation is true, which is when this happened, when he decided to march on, on, on Moscow, that sealed his fate. He was going to be dead very soon. They gave him, they let him go to Belarus. They tried to make it, you know, seem like, oh, well, this is over and we'll just let him go. But nobody believed that. No one. 
And they knew eventually there would be a time where he would pay the price for what he did. And that's what Vladimir Putin does. Mm -hmm. He's done it to an incredible amount of opponents and journalists and other politicians. It's either in an elevator shaft off the roof of a high apartment building or planes. He has something. Or or poison. Yeah, yeah, or poison. Mm -hmm. He does seem to love the you're falling for a long time to think about what you just did. (laughs) He does. He does. uh, It's a preference. Yeah, he seems to like that. Everyone's got their fetish, Glenn. Yeah, uh, this might be Vladdy's. Uh, but I will say it, it is a, a an incredibly has there ever been a more expected end to a story? <laughs> like, I, no, it's like I, I mean this movie was going nowhere. We all knew how it was going to end. Yeah. come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, there it is. I did think though, at some point in the future, there is going to be a, an incredible Vladimir Putin movie of all the crap this guy has pulled over the years. Oh yeah, I mean he really is. Uh, you know he's. He he is a he's a somewhat unique figure in the in the developed world, right? Like you, you have people in like North Korea who do stuff like this, but like we seem like we, we were past the time where this sort of stuff happened. In like, no, he's a mob. He's a mob guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's weird because wow, uh, didn't the Biden family get a bunch of money from the the mob over in Russia? I think. Surprised we went there. there yeah, there's a least uh, least surprising end to a story. All, <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about what happened yesterday uh, with uh, the president, uh, President Trump. He is going to be joining us, and he'll tell us his views on Tuesday on this uh, broadcast. So you don't want to miss that. But we're going to go into it tomorrow. Something I've I've never seen before. Nobody has ever seen this before. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Stu and I are big fans of uh, the concept that things that we buy should be made here in America and that we need to support those people who are doing that. One group of people that are doing that is Grip6. Yeah, we always talk about these companies like, you know, Bud Light and like how <laughs> like they don't seem to like our country and what it stands for or... Maybe, you know, these companies are doing this all the time. And you realize that there actually are companies in America that don't hate your guts. Like yeah. They don't despise you yeah. and everything you stand for. And they make quality products, products that are better than the other companies. And they have a harder time because they won't play ball. Yeah. And uh, we've got to support these companies. So if you're looking for socks, you're looking for a belt, you're looking for a wallet, will you go to Grip6? Uh, put your hard-earned uh, money and your trust in a company that does it right, right here in America. Their wallets are great. They're like totally different. Totally like, different. Not like the George Costanza wallet that would like you'd sit down on the back pocket and you'd be like tilted over. <laughs> They're like really sleek, cool looking wallets, and uh, they help you. You can get through. Uh, you know, uh, like they don't set off all the old. You can bring to the airport. Like they're awesome. Uh, the belts they have the carbon fiber. They're really really cool. Grip6.com/back is the place to go. By the way, if you want to go get something, thank you very much. And you should. Grip6.com/back. Thank you, Stu. Letting you know.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It was a dark day and a huge day in history. Never before has a president been booked. Never before has he been fingerprinted or, uh, you know, had to have a mugshot taken. But it happened yesterday. Why is all of this happening? What are they actually saying? Well, you can tell this is political just by the number of people they are rounding up and trying to scare off. Uh, Trump is not going to be scared off, but this is game changing in America. We begin there in 60 seconds when we as a nation wake up, fully wake up to the evil that is all around us. Maybe things will change, but we can just fight the good fight today. Abortion is evil. We know it. There's a um, there's an amazing study out today that shows that the um, the left keeps saying abortion, you know, late term abortion, um, you know, is is just as bad as guns, just as bad as 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 or sorry, worse than worse than guns, and and uh, we we're not. You know, it's so rare that those things happen. Well, is it? Is it? Guns are worse, they say, than late-term abortions, because late-term abortions don't happen, they say. About 1% of all abortions are late-term abortions. That means we kill more children in one weekend with abortions than we do in a month with guns. But they want you to believe that it's just very, very rare. It's not. It's the difference between uh, Chicago and your town. A woman, when she comes in to a pregnancy center, she has an unwanted pregnancy. She usually wants to make the right choice, but she feels she doesn't have that choice for a myriad of reasons, some of which is because people all around her are saying, you know, yeah, you don't need this. This will be a hassle or no, you're not having that baby. The thing that changes women is support around them after the birth as well, and an ultrasound. And those ultrasounds are $28. If you would like to save babies, moms change their mind twice as much and they pick life once they've seen that ultrasound. Those ultrasounds are 28 bucks. Would you buy one? Would you buy 10? What can you do to help us save lives? Keyword baby at pound 250. Pound 250, keyword baby. Make a donation now. Pound 250, keyword baby. Or go to preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. So I'm just looking at this uh, uh, story. And, you know, just like we found out when they were going after Donald Trump, And they were saying Donald Trump needs to be impeached because he had an inappropriate phone call with Ukraine. We knew because we had done our homework here that no, what they're accusing him of, they were doing. And now that is coming out. We know now that there wasn't. uh, It was a Hillary Clinton campaign that did the Russiagate. Then It was the fear of Biden being exposed that they went after uh, Donald Trump. Now, it's because of election interference. 
and trying to change the uh, the will of the people and stay in power. That's what they're charging him with. They're charging him with a conspiracy to overturn a lawful election. Well, I think this is happening because, A, they are just have unbridled hatred for this man. They want him destroyed. On, a, on another level, they want to split America apart. They are trying to balkanize us and make sure that we hate each other and there's no way we'll ever talk to each other. So that's another reason for doing it. Um, but I really, truly believe because we exposed the Democratic plan run by, oh, I can see his face. He was uh, with Hillary Clinton for a while. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll look it up and we'll share it with you. Um, we did a special or two right before the election on what the Democrats had done by bringing in a think tank and thinking through what happens if Trump wins, what happens if it's close, what happens if we win. Uh, And the half of it was all about the chaos they would cause on the streets, uh, what they would do to put Trump, if it was close, in a position to where he had to deal. Otherwise, they would get California and what was it, Oregon, and said those need to be broken up into four states and we want Washington, D.C. as a state. Otherwise, the chaos would continue. All of this is written down, and it is with big, big names that were openly involved in this. I pointed it out. Everybody said, oh, that's conspiracy. But you notice... All of the burning down of cities stopped after the election. You notice that? It just all went away. In this documentation, it alludes to the fact that they have the players on the ground to cause the chaos. Hmm. So what are they doing? They're persecuting a man for not doing what they were doing, but... Actually standing up and saying, wait a minute, this isn't right. There's something wrong here and questioning. Now, his attorneys made questionable claims, et cetera, et cetera. Um, However, he's now been indicted and charged him and other associates, his his attorneys, Rudy Giuliani, uh, Jenna Ellis, John Eastman, Sidney Powell. They're all being charged with... uh, Criminal intent and conspiracy to overthrow the election. Really? Never seen that before in my life. That's not what happened. Now, they also added to that list Mark Meadows. And saying that Mark Meadows asking a colleague for a phone number for an official in uh, Pennsylvania is an overt action in furtherance of a conspiracy. So Mark Meadows is also being indicted and in jail or would, would have to go to jail. I mean, wh- when does this stop? When does this become clear to the American people? What exactly is going on here? By the way, 
the DA, Fannie Willis, her campaign director has locked Twitter after her anti-Trump posts were uh, exposed. She uh, has made many anti-Trump posts. She has an affiliation, a direct affiliation with the Biden campaign. Um, I mean, is it possible that there is a political iron? Oh, by the way, something else. Um, I don't. I don't know if this is a problem, but she's now been hit with a congressional investigation over the indictment because um, four days before the indictment, the Willis campaign launched a new fundraising website that highlighted her investigation into Trump. You don't do that if you're neutral. Uh, the infamous forewoman of the special grand jury that Willis convened, who bragged about subpoenaing Trump, the allegedly accidental release of the document by Fulton County clerk showing the forthcoming criminal charges against Trump hours before the jury even finalized it. Uh, a judge disqualified Willis from targeting Georgia Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones in her investigation and Fulton County officials announced they will process Trump at the local jail, just like any other criminal, including forcing him to take a mugshot and post a bond. So Jordan is raising concerns and saying there's a congressional investigation coming your way. And I say, thank you. We are never going to ever save our country if we have these mamby-pamby, wishy-washy Republicans who will not use the power of their own office. They are in line, and they should be in line in defense of our Constitution and Bill of Rights. If Donald Trump and anybody else broke laws, then yes, they should go to jail or pay the punishment. However... If there's any political nonsense revolving around this, those people that are doing the prosecution should go to jail. We can't be a country that is swinging back and forth. We have to have one law for everyone. The former director of Black Voices for Trump. His name is Harrison Floyd. He was the first of the 19 Fulton County defendants to be held in jail without a bond. He's 39 years old. He showed up for jail yesterday. Fannie Willis gave uh, Donald Trump and the other 18 co-conspirators in her election interference case until noon on Friday to show up. By the way, have you ever seen a case like this on election interference ever? I mean, we all know that electioneering is happening. We all know that, you know, there's it's dirty in many places. It's dirty, dirty. Absolutely. In Chicago, absolutely. In New York. It's dirty where you have nasty, dirty bosses that are running Everything. And it wouldn't necessarily be any different for the Republicans if they were in charge of those cities. It's human nature. But out of all of the things that you've seen in your entire life, have you ever seen 
19 people at this level, including Rudy Giuliani, the president of the United States, his attorneys, a former member of Congress, the White House chief of staff. Have you ever seen anything like it? Most of these people can't afford the uh, the trial, let alone the bond. He wasn't able to negotiate the guy I was just telling you about the uh, black voices for Trump. He wasn't able to afford and they wouldn't let him negotiate. So he's in jail. He's in jail. A hundred thousand dollar bond. The affidavit of him said that uh, he body slammed an agent who arrived at his Rockville, uh, Rockville, Maryland home to subpoena him to appear before a federal grand jury in Washington, D.C. So he's going to jail because he stood, according to the report, stood chest to chest with an agent after knocking him backward with his body. He's that's a conspiracy charge in furthering the conspiracy. The mugshot that is out now could be the greatest fundraiser for any presidential candidate ever, and certainly greatest legal fund uh, um, fundraiser of all time. If Donald Trump would sell those T-shirts, posters, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he could raise hundreds of millions of dollars for the legal defense, and he should, and he should. All of these people, unless I'm missing something, if they did something wrong, fine. If they were questioning what was happening, which that, as it's called, the second perfect phone call, that's the way I read that. If that's what they have, um, these people should not even be, not it, the, the people that have just done this to them, clearly need to be investigated and go to jail. If they broke a law and broke severe laws that this is a reasonable punishment for, then they should pay the punishment. But you don't have a situation where uh, very many attorneys are willing to fight for these people because they are next on the hit list. If you can start going after their attorneys you lose the ability to get a good attorney to defend you. And that's not by happenstance. That's not like, oh, gee, I didn't think of that one, Joan. They know that. He should make T-shirts for his legal defense fund. Because I think people, uh, I mean, first of all, that T-shirt will sell on they both are, sides. They are make, they, I know they're selling the T-shirts now. It's just I don't know yet where the money goes. It's you know it's always difficult to tell in these political situations. Sometimes they say, "Hey, this is going to the campaign and it's going to legal defense." You never know with this stuff, but it should go to legal defense. And honestly, like stepping back from that, the man's a multi-billionaire. Like I, I don't. This is a minimal expense for his own personal freedom. Making sure that people who are also uh, co-conspirators in a racketeering case do not. I feel comfortable in this time. You should be making them happy. Make it make their lives wonderful, as wonderful as it can be. You've got plenty of money to do this. 
like you know there's the a million stories out there and no one's fighting pushing back against them at all that rudy giuliani hasn't even been paid for his work in this era back in 2020 2020 when he was doing all of this stuff he hasn't even been paid for much of this for the legal work that he did in this period let alone being paid for his actual, uh, you know, getting his legal uh, expenses covered. Now, Trump has now decided to at least go to fundraisers for Giuliani. But, like, again, I understand why you don't want to spend your own money, right? I get it. But, like, the man's been one of the most successful business people in, in America for 50 years. Like, I, this, if you've got $8 billion, now's the time to spend it. Yeah. Just from a perspective of personal freedom and personal preservation, you know, it's going to be really hard to win the presidency if you're behind bars. Uh, and I, I really hope that doesn't happen because God only knows what happens to this country if it does. But like, this is the time to spend your money. Make sure that these people are uh, have the best defense possible. So there are two people that I trust in Washington. Uh, I trust Chip Roy. I think he's an honest man. And uh, I really trust Mike Lee. Um, both of them tweeted out yesterday. I stand with Mark Meadows. Uh, Chip Roy said he's a friend and a good man. He did nothing but serve his country. And for doing so, he is facing a clearly political persecution. He is ever faithful, but we should support his defense cost more to follow. Georgia should end this attack on justice. Mm. I hope that Congress starts to use their purse strings to go after the DOJ and investigate, 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 and, in, and stop this madness. If you're waking up every day frustrated that you're going to have to face yet another day hurting, pain is your body's way of letting you know that something is wrong. And most of the time, what it's trying to tell you is that you have inflammation in your joints. Inflammation in our body is the worst thing. You can find ways to mask the pain. But that doesn't work out all that well a long time. Sometimes the stuff you take to mask it can leave you feeling spaced out, uh, depressed, uh, or it just is masking something that shouldn't be masked. The other option is you can fight it. The masking problem that I have uh, with, with drugs, pharmaceuticals, is uh, it doesn't make the pain go away. It just makes you care less. You're like, I still am in pain, but I don't really care anymore. <laughs> I don't want to live my life that way. Try the three-week quick start. It's 1995. It's a trial pack. It's not a drug developed by doctors, and hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-the-number-4-relief, 800-the-number-4-relief. Get the 1995 three-week quick start. Again, that's relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-the-number-4-relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, I, I saw that mugshot yesterday. It was re- it really bothered me um, when I saw the mugshot of all the attorneys. That that really, mm. really bothered me. And that's a weird. And look, attorneys can commit crimes. Sometimes they sure do they go to prison. But it is weird. It is a, a strange invasion into something that I, we all sort of take for granted right yeah. like you're to be you should be able to talk to your lawyers about kind of pretty much anything unless it's a, a really overt crime and you should be able to suggest things that you think that are terrible ideas right like you, you should be able to say like what if we do this and it sh- even if it's a terrible idea 
You should be able to have a conversation with your attorney about it. And that's kind of fundamental to those conversations. You throw stuff around. You don't always do it. And they've used this conspiracy. I mean, you want to talk of a conspiracy theorist. They're using the word conspiracy mm. to make it so much worse. Asking Mark Meadows, uh, hey, Mark, will you get a phone number for me? Get the number of the legislator, the head legislator in Pennsylvania. Okay. Hey, do you have that phone number? Can I get that phone number? That is, that's all he did. That was a conspiracy uh, and a furtherance of the conspiracy and showed that he was involved in it. That's insanity. That's insanity. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's just trying to get people to turn on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really hard to save face at the gun range if you can't, you know, hit the broadside of a barn with your firearm. I know from personal experience when I first started shooting, not really a good shot. It's not something that everybody is born with. My son is a really good shot, and he's kind of like born with it. Um, but it is a skill that you really have to work on. Even he has to work on it. Um, and when you're firing at a firing range, you are spending so much money and ammunition. The solution here may be Mantis X. This is what I use, and it has kept me a very sharp uh, shot. High-tech, easy-to-use system used widely by the military. Helps you improve your shooting quickly. You attach it to your firearm, connect it to an app on your smartphone or tablet via Bluetooth. Then whatever you're firing, actual rounds or even dry firing practice, it uh, tracks exactly what you're doing with your hand, your your, uh, trigger finger, everything shows you what you're doing wrong and you improve rapidly get yours now at mantisx.com that's mantisx.com and head over to blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn and you will save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv so let me show you the difference between communism fascism and capitalism in communism you do what the state says because you don't own anything the state owns everything and then they tell you what to do where to live what to what to eat where to work and if you're a good little party member you get perks. You get all the way up to special lanes on the streets. Now, most people don't even get a car, but if you have a car and you're somebody special, you get a special lane for you to drive that car in. Okay, that's communism. State owns everything, and when that happens, they can take everything away or give you whatever they want at the time. Fascism, the state does not own everything. The state allows private people to do what private people do. They, they build a company or they buy a house or whatever. However, you don't really run your company in a fascistic uh, uh, government because the, the fascists, the ones who are in the government with all the experts... They need to control the economy. They need to control everything. And so 
they have to either reward or punish. If you do it the way the government wants you to do it, you'll get rewarded. If you don't, you get punished. In capitalism, the law remains a, a, a referee. A referee that says, let me look at both of these things blindly. Was one of these guys uh, breaking the law and doing something they shouldn't be doing for unfair advantages? Capitalism allows you to succeed or fail based on your input, your merit, your ideas. It's the only one that does that. Everything else is regulated. And it just depends on how much regulation uh, and if you get any of the rewards at all if you don't agree with the government. Now, tell me which system this is. Elon Musk's SpaceX was hit with a lawsuit from the Department of Justice on Thursday for allegedly refusing to hire refugees and those granted asylum. In a press release, the DOJ accused the spacecraft technology company of discriminating against asylees and refugees in hiring. From at least September 2018 to May 2022, SpaceX routinely discouraged asylees and refugees from applying and refused to hire or consider them because of their citizenship status in a violation of Immigration and Nationality Act, according to the DOJ. They are going after SpaceX like nobody's business. Now, do you think that's because they're the only ones doing this? They thought, you know, uh, if we only hire, you know, people with citizenship, we have some unfair advantage. Or are they doing it because... I don't want to get involved in anything. We're a target. I don't want any I don't want anybody with questionable status. And the next question you have to answer is is the DOJ going after all of the people who are doing this? Are they going after the companies that are hiring illegals? See, they're saying here that these are those that were granted asylum. I don't know how many were granted asylum yet. I know they, they were given a, a court date, but how many have been granted the asylum that they, they sought? They might have a piece of paper that says, I'm going to court for asylum, but that doesn't make you an asylee. Uh, is the DOJ being fair and blind? Are they applying the law equally? No, they are punishing Elon Musk for not doing it their way. Now, I'm not sure Elon Musk is going to end up in the in the history books as, you know, a great defender of freedom and the Constitution. But so far, he's one of our better friends. And do you think the government likes that? Did you see where Trump posted the first picture of uh, his being booked? X, otherwise known as Twitter. It is the first time he's used Twitter. Yeah. It was weird, too, because if you look at his posts, it's this one where he's the mugshot. 
And the previous posts are January 6th, 7th, and 8th of 2021. And then he got banned by the previous administration over at Twitter. But it's weird to see that. I mean, like, you know, he's got a he's got a speech up there from January 7th, I think, yeah. which I, it feels like a, a totally different era. It was, you know, not that long ago. It was. It was, like, it it was, was a different a, yeah, era. Yeah. We have changed so fast. Time, you can't you cannot judge time anymore because it it uh, things are moving too fast. So you can't mark it as fast as it's happening. I think because everything is in you know on September or on uh, January sixth, seventh. I mean, with us, it was earlier than that. But on sixth, seventh, eighth, for several weeks, all of us were like these guys. This was a national nightmare. And these guys should go to jail. I want a fair trial, but I want all of them in jail. Mm. And now, because there's new information, it seems as though we're softening. Um, I still want those people to go to jail who committed a crime knowingly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is exactly what Trump says in the speech. He says, you know, you've defiled the Capitol. Anyone who went in, you know, went in there and committed violent acts or defiled the Capitol should be punished we will be coming. Justice will come for you. I mean, he was really clear about, you know, people who really broke the law. Now, that doesn't mean every grandma that was within 100 miles of the Capitol no. should be thrown in the gulags. No, uh, and that might involve some FBI or undercover police maybe. as well. You know, another another part of this, Glenn, if I, we have a quick sidebar, we're, we're talking about the, um, you know, all of these things that are coming down on Trump. And one of the biggest things they say they have on them is this fake electors scam. You see, this, they say this all the time, fake electors yeah. scam, fake electors scam. One of the people in, in Georgia who's, who is uh, on the co-conspirator list is, is Ch- uh, Kenneth Chesborough or Cheeseborough. I've heard it both ways. I'm mm-hmm. not sure which one it is. Um, one of the lawyers. And so he's the one that wrote the what they call the basically a smoking gun fake elect- electors memo. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think anyone's read it, right? Uh, you've maybe seen quotes from it. But let me just give you one little section here. And, and to go into their mindset at this time, because I believe what... Everything that was done after December 14th, which is Safe Harbor Day, was illegal, okay? The, the campaign sort of knew it was illegal, too. They believed the law that, that cut it off at December 14th was unconstitutional. They wanted to, 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 uh, challenge, to challenge it, right? That was their legal theory supporting doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Here's what they write in the memo. On January 6th, in a solemn and constitutionally defensible manner... Consistent with clear indications that this is what the framers of the Constitution intended and expected and consistent with precedent for the first 70 years of our nation's history, Vice President Pence, presiding over the joint session, takes the position that it is his constitutional power and duty alone as president of the Senate to both open and count the votes and that anything in the Electoral Count Act to the contrary is unconstitutional. Okay, so he's saying the Electoral Count Act we think is wrong and we don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. We're going to challenge that in court. Again, is this a good legal theory? I don't think it is. I don't think he's right on this. But he even says he doesn't think he's necessarily right on this. I'm not necessarily advising this course of action. And the vice president need not make a decision how to proceed until January 6th. And obviously, there are many factors that will come to bear on how he proceeds, assuming this race has not been conceded before January 6th. This is the, this is the biggest point on the fake electors thing that I think it, 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 people aren't looking at. My point here is that it is important that the alternate states of electors meet and vote on December 14th if we are to create a scenario in which Biden can be prevented from reaching 270 electoral votes. Even if Trump has not managed by then to obtain the court decisions or state legislative resolutions invalidating enough results to push Biden below 270. 
So what he's saying here is because the law says by December 14th, these have to be in place. Even if we win our legislative battles after December 14th, we still can't win. Because if you don't have those electors in place before December 14th, we can't do anything about it, even if we were, are able to overturn these uh, elections later on in normal legislative uh, challenges. It now, is I, making sure the door is not kicked closed. closed. Right. And look, I don't, I, to be clear, don't buy these arguments. I don't think January 6th was set up that way. I don't think that's the way that this, the, the founders designed this system. However, this is not a, it's, it's, it's improper to call it a fake electors scam. Because it's not. It's not. They're saying like, we have, we're, if this goes through and we win our cases, we have to have these people ready to go. And if it's not before December 14th, they'll be ruled illegal and we'll lose anyway. So we have to do something before December 14th. That is his argument here. You may disagree with it, but that's not trying to scam Congress and saying, hey, these people are actually the people who are there. No, they're trying to come up with some legal backing to what they're attempting to do right or wrong. And that is a totally that is much more a if anything, a bad legal argument or a questionable legal argument. But is that a crime? They're trying it's spelled out quite clearly. And again, it starts with in a solemn and constitutionally defensible manner. Like they're not, it's not a, there may be cases where they really cross lines, especially lower levels. It seems like other states there were where they signed pieces of paper that said we were inside the Capitol doing this and we weren't. Like things like that, I think are right. b- probably blatantly illegal. You, know, there it, may, you may find some of that. I'm stuff. signing in the Capitol and I wasn't in the Capitol is, it, it, it probably deserves a fine. Right, not exactly. A prison sentence. Exactly, probably. Um, you know, but if you're saying you're an elector and you weren't, you can say yeah. like there's there's things that they may find on this. I'm not saying, but like you have to look at the uh, their thinking at the time. And this was released as the smoking gun, saying that well they were doing this, they were doing the fake electors thing. Well, you can if you read the context there, you see exactly what they're doing. He knows that the line is December 14th. I don't agree with his legal theories, but like you could see that he this is what lawyers do. So if you were on the left and you were prepared to go to any length, as we have exposed on this program two years of three years ago, the lengths that they were willing to go and they war gamed everything, literally war gamed all of it. Uh, and you see that the other side is going to try to use one of the tactics that you had do you really think it would be all that uh, hard for them then to use the the dark tools of a of a of the deep state to say all we have to do just just do but wear Trump hats mm. just do what we were going to do for us just but make it look like them. I mean, they were willing to do what they did on January 6th, what they say the right did. What, what What's the difference if they just changed team jerseys? I've never met a const, I've never met a constitutionalist. I've never met a conservative that wears black uh, and climbs on each other's shoulders to break all of the windows in our capital. That is just I've never met those people. I'm not saying they don't exist, but yeah, I've never right. met them. I've never met them. I've I've seen on TV. I've seen in my own neighborhoods. I've seen in my own city. People like that on the left. I've seen that plenty, plenty. And uh, all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, this happens 
on the right and then they won't give us any videotape they won't uh go after the people who are truly the ringleaders they won't even they won't even put their picture up and say we need to find this person it's not even fbi most wanted person it's clear what is happening here or what may be happening here um but you know there's you don't have an election you just don't have an election a fair election if you can get away with orchestrating it through the press, uh, hiding things from the voting public through the press, discrediting things through your deep state, uh, and then just doing all the regular you know crap that you usually do to uh, swing the vote. Just the Joe Biden thing, studies show it would have changed the vote by, I think it was 10%. 10 or 12 percent. You're talking about the Hunter thing? The Hunter Biden thing. Yeah, that's yeah. what some polls have showed. Yeah. You know, between if, 5 and 10 percent. Know, that's election interference. And so is this. Back in a minute. Parallel economy is about two things, value and values. I want to do business with people and companies that bring both of these things to the table. One of the best I know is Good Ranchers. They're already a company that sources beef, chicken, seafood, pork, 100% from American farms and ranches. Why is that so important? Because they are trying to put these people out of business, and we have got to help our farmers and our ranchers if we want to eat Now, extra value? Try this on for size. When you subscribe to any of their monthly meat boxes, you're going to get two years of free ground beef. That's 144 meals that you don't have to pay for. And the extra values as well, they spend their own money to provide 10 meals per box that you order for Americans in need. That means they give out 240 meals over the course of your subscription. That's the spirit of the parallel economy. That's the spirit of America. Get great meat, a great price, lock it in for two years. Inflationary times, that could be the difference of having meat and not having meat. Goodranchers.com. Use the promo code BECK at $30 off any box right now. Two two years of free ground beef as well. Goodranchers.com. Promo code BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I've invited somebody on the program to share a story with you that I think is wildly inspirational. It starts, well, it starts with a guy who amassed a massive, massive audience 
he was touring his audiences that became known as the Yee Yee Nation. He had 10 studio albums, one live album, two EPs. He's charted over eight singles uh, on the Billboard charts and uh, had the number one uh, song, Back Road Song. All of that is behind him as of tomorrow. Something happened to Granger Smith. And if you don't know the story, you're going to want to hear it. He's also uh, the author of a book called Like a River, which is the story he's going to share with us here in a second. It charted number one everywhere, except for the New York Times. Isn't that strange? And maybe that's because it's a story of God and miracles. It's a fascinating story. We begin in 60 seconds. A good driver anticipates many things. And, you know, a good driver is looking at all the possibilities of what can go wrong there. They're, they're attentive to all of that. They are prepared for them. Also, a, a true uh, sign of a good driver, good owner, is to be prepared in case something goes wrong with your car. And when you consider how expensive cars are becoming, you need to do the repairs on them. You need to keep them healthy. But, man, some of those repairs can be just bloodletting when you get up to pay the bill. I want you to enroll with CarShield, or at least find out if this is right for you. You can get a protection plan as low as $100 a month. Flexible month-to-month coverage, your choice of an ASE-certified mechanic, 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, complimentary towing, rental car options, yada, 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 and no long-term contract. Maybe most important at all, with the whole inflationary problem, you will get a price lock guarantee. Your price will never go up. No matter how many claims you have filed on your car, it'll never go up. Even as the mileage goes up on your car, Car Shield. I've had it on my trucks for years. Car Shield. 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. Carshield.com slash Beck. Granger, what an honor to have you on the program, sir. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. You bet. So if you can, let's let's start with, um, for anybody who's not a country fan, tell me what your life was like just a few years ago. Living my dream, a dream that I've had for a quarter of a century, uh, trying to play my music, play my songs, travel around, meet new people, uh, run songs up charts, put out music videos. And we were doing it at uh, a very high level and just felt like everything was right for me, everything I ever wanted. And then one night, June 4th, you are, you know, being with your family one last evening. You're spending it with your kids. You're headed to Nashville for the CMT Music Awards. Your daughter, London, is doing gymnastics. You're helping her. And what happens? Yeah, I remember my daughter was doing a handstand in the yard, and and she was having me spot her, and I was kind of holding her ankles, and the boys were playing water gun fight, two, two boys. And I just remember thinking, what a beautiful evening. Green grass under my feet. June, early June is beautiful in the state of Texas. And I just thought, soak in this moment because it won't last forever i just and i was thinking in terms of the kids are going to grow up they're going to go to college right and these these days will be behind me but it was it was quiet in that moment i thought where's river he's our 
three-year-old boy. And I, I remember looking around and I just thought, I don't know where he is. And that's, that's not good when you have a three-year-old, but yeah. we have a gated, we had a gated locked pool. And I looked and I saw him in the pool face down and it just, it didn't seem like it was reality. It felt like it, it, this is a dream. I'm in shock. How could this be? And I, I crashed into the pool and, and grabbed his little body. And I was expecting him to be coughing and uh, nervous and scared. And I was going to say, buddy, what are you, what are you doing? How did you get in the skate? You know, you're never supposed to get around here, but that's, that's not what happened. He was lifeless and cold. I, this is, uh, we've had a friend who this has happened to, um, and they're good people and they love their children and they're attentive. And it happened in a blink of an eye pools scare the hell out of me. Um, because when you have little kids, it happens and you're, you're right there and it, it happens that fast. Um, you had to have just beaten yourself up. Uh, I mean, I've, I've thought of this with my, with you know my friend's tragedy i i thought if my wife were watching the kids um i would know that she was doing the best but i don't know if i were watching the kids and it happened that my wife would not blame me for the rest of my life you know what i mean it's it's so hard the, the games this must play in your head that's exactly right i've played those games over and over uh but by the grace of god my wife not ever, not once, did she ever even let it slip to say, how dare you? What have you done to our baby? And she could have easily done it, and, and, I, and she probably would have been right, because I was the responsible adult that day. And although it happened, like you said, in a blink of an eye, and I was just paces away, uh, she, she could have easily have blamed me. She didn't, and I don't know where I would be if she had, if she had planted that seed within me of guilt it was already it was already hard enough with the own my own tricks my mind was playing on me and the gymnastics that i was doing in my head of you're guilty you failed in the one thing that a father is supposed to do and that's keep them alive till they're 18 and so that that's what was going on with me so you where do you go from there i mean how long did this i mean i know it's still with you but how long did this just oppress you well it took me it it, several months of trying everything i could uh i i was a big self-helper at the time um that stuff still kind of resonates with me so i was Mm -hmm. leaning into waking up early and reading more nonfiction and trying to meditate and visualize and and read my devotionals and 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 i was progressively getting worse instead of better i thought how Mm -hmm. could this this is supposed to help me and nothing was helping me. I was, I was trying everything. I was exercising. I was trying to sleep right, trying to eat right, anything to stop the slideshow from happening in my head. And and I say that in terms of the, the memories that were just kept repeating over and over of what I could have done. Like my mind was in a loop trying to find, trying to close the loop and it couldn't. And I was going insane. This was several months, probably six or seven months. Um, before just absolute rock bottom hit me. And that, what was that? That was a night, and I call it in the book, I called it the darkest night of the soul. 
and I was in Boise, Idaho. And th- there were times, and there are times in grief when you could start feeling better. Sometimes you feel guilty that you feel better, but you say, you know what, today I kind of feel normal. And that was a day for me in December in 2019, and we were in Boise, Idaho, playing a show, and, and I was with the boys, and the crowd was great, and, and I just thought, you know what, this is the first time I've felt normal in a while. And the band said, hey, we're going to go and have a few drinks at this little obscure bar. Let's just go reminisce some old times. So I, I went with them. I said, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Went and had some drinks. Mm. And as I was walking back out of the bar that night, I thought, huh, I'm a little tipsy. I don't think I've, I don't think I've been tipsy since the accident happened. And so then, I, then my mind started panicking and starting to prepare myself, trying to engage the things that I had learned in therapy that maybe could to shut down the, the slideshow. But by the time I got to back to the bus, I just, I, I started going into a panic thinking, how am I going to suppress all of these terrible thoughts while I'm inebriated? It's not going to work. And so I just remember pulling, opening up the drawer and just, I pulled out my pistol that's always there. And I thought, this is the way, this is the way to finally end the slideshow to finally find rest. And this was a voice that was not my own encouraging me with this moment. But gosh, it's through that, through hang that on, time, hang on, hang on just a sec. I, I <clears throat> we got to take a quick one minute break and then we'll come back to the story. But it's amazing how easy it is for darkness to slip in. You know, I had an alcoholic friend tell me when I first admitted that I was an alcoholic, he said, when you least expect it, expect it. And what he meant by that is exactly your story. You're feeling good. You think you're fine. You let your guard down just a little bit and it floods back in uh, and it can kill you. And uh, so now we're at the lowest part of the story. Let's get to the good side in 60 seconds. I want to talk to you about um, selling and buying houses. It is really difficult. I'm not good at it. Uh, I don't, I, I trust too many people and, you know, hey, uh, what do you think? And, and I, I just, I, I don't know how to interview people. I don't like giving people, believe it, believe it or not. I hate conflict. And I hate giving people bad news or saying, you know, I'm not really happy with your service. I hate that. I hate it. Um, and so I've, I've, I've really not had good real estate agents and good experiences. Um, but that's because mainly I didn't know what, how to even find a good real estate agent. What do you do? You get it on the, you know, on the side of the bus. Hey, that looks like a good real estate agent there. How do you know? Well, by doing commercials and meeting uh, real estate agents over the last 20 years, I worked with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. And I got to know them and I asked them, what makes a good real estate agent? And there, there are actual things that the good ones know. And we look for those business practices so we can then pass their names on to you. So if you're looking for a real estate agent, we've done a lot of the work. It just needs you just to look at them and talk to them uh, and find out if they're right for you. But we think these are real estate agents you can trust, which is why we call it realestateagentsitrust.com. 
Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So a lot of people would um, get to this point and then it ends in one of two ways. Usually Um, they put their life back together or they don't. But putting your life back together, you put it together completely differently. So let's start now. You're looking at the gun. What happens? Yeah, I would say I might make a third category. I I didn't put my life back together. My life came back together, but it wasn't my own doing. Right. Yeah, that, I, I I was <laughs> so, insinuating that that there is a third way, and I've never heard it before. But yes. you're going to show us a yes. third way. Yeah. Yes. So I was uh, in that moment. I had a Glock nine millimeter. I know that Glock very well. It has a, a a double trigger on it. No safety, and so I know exactly where the pressure point is on that. Even in my inebriated state, I could feel as I applied pressure. Okay, this is this is it. This is the point of no return in this moment here. And it seemed like thirty minutes. It was probably five seconds of holding it there. And I thought about my two older kids, Lincoln and London. They came to my mind. And I just saw their faces and I saw my life and their life. And, and in that moment, I, I was crying and I just said, Jesus, save me. My God, Jesus, save me. And in that moment, the slideshow stopped. All the visions stopped. And I dropped the gun onto the bed and I fell down to my knees and I ended up sleeping on the floor and on my bus that night and all my show clothes. And I was a cultural Christian. I know that now. It was a heritage. It was something I grew up with. I, I, I knew the name of Jesus. I knew what he did on the cross. But I don't think I ever believed it. In fact, I know I didn't because I didn't trust in him first. I trusted in the self-help books and every other thing I tried. But it, it, this sent me on a new journey of, okay, if this name is powerful enough to stop the slideshow, to stop me in my darkest night in Boise, Idaho, then who is this? What is this faith? So I sent, I, I went out on a, a journey, searching, reading, listening to sermons of what happened to me that night, how I was saved that night, supernaturally. And it ended up, I ended up hearing a, a sermon in my truck one day. This was March 1st, 2020, a couple months after that event. And the the pastor was speaking out of John 14, and he said, the disciple asked Jesus, Lord, why is it you manifest yourself to us and not to the rest of the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And and then suddenly I I thought, I knew it all right then. I knew I was saved. I was loved. I was redeemed and restored. I was healed. But in return, in the overflow of that Mm. gratitude, I was doing nothing. And Jesus said right here, if you love me, keep my word. That's how I know you love me. And I thought, what's his word? I don't know it. I don't know any of it. (laughs) So, So that started where I am today, just absorbing his word, reading it, cherishing it. I went home. I got rid of all the devotionals and the self-help books. And I said, here we go. It's the Bible. This is this is what saved me. And if I'm going to love him, I'm going to keep his word. I'm going to know it all. 
And that changed, absolutely changed the trajectory of my entire life. So it is, again, in the typical story, it would stop pretty much there. Okay, he got his life back, he found the Lord, <laughs> and he's now going out, and he's, he's bigger than ever before. Tomorrow is the last performance on stage by Granger Smith, known as a, uh, known as a country music singer. Where, yeah. are you, where are you headed well, as as this unfolded, and I went back into country music, like you said, and I continued to live my life the way that it used to be, as now a redeemed, healed man, and I started meeting people, and they would say, I'm hurting. I, I, I lost my wife or my, my grandmother or my child or my job or my dream. I, I need your help. Can you help me? And I began to think more and more, I don't have time to sing country music. There's not any time for that. I need to be able to speak further. I need to be able to have more time with these people. And then I started feeling like, you know what, getting on the stage and just exalting myself and building up my name and having people glorify me. That's, I'm not reconciling that with what Jesus says in the Bible about right. if anyone would follow me, let him take up his cross, deny himself. You know, I'm, I can't reconcile that. And so that that is eventually led to what is tomorrow. The last show is a country touring musician, and I'll be moving into um, more of a, a ministry role, writing more books, Lord willing, uh, serving in our local church and getting out and speaking. Because you went back to school. And, and, and finishing up in seminary. That's correct. Uh, this is just such an awesome, awesome story. You can see now why uh, it wasn't, you know, new. It was, it was on best-selling lists everywhere. The only one that it didn't happen is uh, the New York Times, and they're becoming much more blatant about all of this. You're about the fourth person uh, this year that I've talked to that whose book is number one everywhere, eh, except for the New York Times. It doesn't even make the list. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, I I just wish you all of the luck in the uh, world. I wish you all of the blessings you have, you know, it's, it's amazing. I, uh, I don't have your story, but uh, you know, I, I have a story of my own and I almost feel bad for those people that don't need the redemption. Don't need that moment because when you get that moment, it is such a miracle uh, that it just, it shakes yep. you to the core. And I guess over time you could forget it. It's, it's easier over time to forget it. But uh, I came to the same exact conclusion. Um, he did this. So all he's asking me is to just obey him. Okay. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that's a pretty good deal when you are that a low. Great deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A great deal considering that night in Boise. It's a yeah. great deal. And that's what I want to tell everybody else about. Well, um, I just want to just read this um, before you hang up. This is um, from the uh, book. I think it's actually on the cover of or the, you know, the back page of the book. Like a river, life is full of twists and turns. Like a river, people pollute our world with their critique and criticism. Like a river, tragic events keep us damned up. But like a river, we can find the courage to keep moving downstream. 
Rivers don't run on their own strength. They flow from their source. When we try to keep going on our own, we won't make it. But when we connect to the greater source, we'll find the strength and the faith to keep living after loss. This triumphant story of new life birthed out of death is like a river. And it is available wherever you get your uh, books. And Billy Bob's, I think, tomorrow, right, in Fort Worth. That's right. That's right. Uh, all the all the best. And you might see a few of us in the crowd tomorrow, Granger. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, brother. You bet. God bless. The Glenn Beck Program. What an amazing story. Uh, Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC. Uh None of the other potential economic catastrophes looming on the horizon has convinced you that we're in trouble. CBDC will do it. This is the rise of the central bank digital currency, uh, and it changes absolutely everything and takes all control and ownership of everything from you. The world is on a, a knife's edge. So what gets us off of that? What is stability? What's, a, what's something that we can use even as a balance bar? May I suggest it's gold or silver. Uh, it may be the thing that saves you in the end and saves your money and saves what you've built for yourself. Please, I want you to find out if gold or silver is right for you. Uh, call Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE. They have a special going on. When you buy a tube, 50 coins of the one-tenth ounce American Eagle gold coins, they'll throw in 10 of the one-ounce American Eagle silver coins for free. It's happening this week right now. Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE. And blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off Blaze TV. We could take a, just a personal moment to reflect here for just a second. What we just, what we just heard and what we just experienced um, with Granger Smith. Um, we all get to a point in our life, some way or another, to where we have to decide who we are, and you know, do we pick ourselves up or do we wallow? For those who have already picked themselves up uh, or have been picked up, you know who you owe that to. And as Granger said and, and, and we discussed, when you have had that kind of miracle in your life and you realize that you're only being asked to obey and be more like him and to help others do that. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. And he said in the interview, I, I didn't have time for country music anymore. And I, I fear I'm a, a very bad example of the gratitude that I should be showing because we're, we're supposed to, we're commanded to knit our hearts together in unity and in love toward one another. And, and that's, that's hard to do, especially in this business. And I often wonder if, um, 
if there's a better way to do what I what I do. But then somebody comes along like Granger and tells a story like that on the air and makes it so incredibly clear. One of the things that we are doing as a people is we lack gratitude. We lack that moment that he had in the backyard when all of his kids were playing in the backyard where he said, wow, what a perfect day. We all have that moment, but that's not life. I mean, those come and go. Uh, life mainly is getting up in the morning, doing what you're supposed to do, you know, and doing the drudgery of life in many ways, and then going to bed and then getting up and doing it again. It's those, those moments in between that make it so magical. And if you are kicked down and you don't find your way up, it's really impossible to do anything but what we're doing to each other now and do what we um, and just live in anger and, and rage. And you might think you have a good reason for it. I, I've told you and I've, I've, I've spoken briefly on this, but in the last two years, we've had a suicide in our family and we had uh, a close brush with another one and uh, two other attempts and not the same family member. And Tanya and I have had the worst couple of years and it doesn't seem to be getting easier. Things just change and they morph and it is easy to get tired and kicked down and just like, I don't want anything to do with it. And I, I mean, what are we doing? When we were in a session uh, with one of the counselors for one of my kids that were, had just attempted, uh, he talked to us before he talked to my child. And uh, he said, what is the, what's the worst thing that could happen? And Tony and I look at him like, are you out of your mind? What do you mean, what's the worst thing? What? They kill themselves. That's the worst thing that could happen. Right, so that is the worst, that your child takes their own life. And we're looking, at, I'm almost getting hostile with him. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's the worst. He said, um, they know that. You have to be okay with that. Otherwise, you won't be able to help. And excuse me? What do you mean I have to be okay with that? What? You have to let them know that it is true in your head. It's true that life will go on and you will be okay. If they don't, if they think that you fear it, mm. they control. So he, um, 
I said, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to get, uh, uh, you know, in, in, you know, in love with this uh, possibility. And um, he said, well, let me take you here. Let's go through it. You're now sitting and I'm the coroner. And I'm telling you that your son or daughter has just killed themselves. What happens? And we were just beyond words. We couldn't see how this was going to be good. But it is in the end. It's very good. Um, we've started talking about it. And I said we'd probably, you know, you know, grieve for a very long time. I don't know how we would get past that and all of the self-doubt and everything else. I don't know how I would live with one of my children taking their lives. I, I mean, I live for my children, and my wife lives for our children, and uh, it, I just I, I can't imagine going on. And he said, right, so would you go on? What would you actually do? And I said, probably knowing us in the end, we'd probably, Tanya and I would probably write a book about suicide. I would probably dedicate my life to anti-suicide stuff. I would probably go out and speak and my wife would do the same and we would try to stop this from happening to others. And he said, so in a way you can find the good that could come from this. Jeez. And I said, well, yeah. And he said, I'm not asking you to be happy about it. I just want you to know that you just vocalized that you will eventually be okay-ish. The wound will never heal, but you will find a positive thing to do with it. You just vocalized that. So now let them know. <clears throat> I will tell you, it made a huge difference in this individual's life, our family member, and ours, hmm. um, because we had confronted it. Our society right now is teaching us that if you're down, it's someone else's fault, and there's no way out unless you use your grievance as a weapon. That just leads to more despair. What is happening, you know, I, I about eight years ago, I, I said, I use the word evil too much because evil is an actual thing. And, uh, you know, not everybody is evil and not everybody who disagrees or, you know, wants to have, you know, whatever, vote for Joe Biden. They're not evil. They're mistaken. They're not evil. But evil does exist. And I swear that word off and I'm like, I'm not going to talk about evil and things as evil, etc. But what I have witnessed over the last four years gives me a testimony as much about God as it does evil. There is a force that is alive in the whole world. It's not just here. And it is, it's driving people insane. They are losing their grip on reality and they are becoming more and more dangerous and angry. And that makes the other side more dangerous and more angry. 
if you've had something bad in your life, find the way to make it into a positive. Find, stop complaining just for a second. I'm not saying that your issue isn't real. I'm saying just take a moment and say, if it's in the past, where am I now that I wouldn't have been had that not happened? Is there any positive there? How can I take this thing and give it and get rid of it having the power, but giving the result the power? So it propels me and others, and I become more of a beacon in the world. Fear. Unreasonable self-doubt. Not recognizing your spiritual nature. We are not uh, humans having a spiritual encounter we are spirits having a human encounter when you switch those two around you know who you truly are and you know the difference between temporary and permanent i just want to leave you on this friday just with this thought with everything that is happening in the world and this for me has been a, a really tough week a really, really, really tough week. And, uh, I just want to leave you with, but it's all good. Everything that will happen to us will all be for our good and our children's good. If we don't go dark inside because of it, imagine the good that would happen if Donald Trump or his supporters that are, you know, right there at the, the jailhouse, if they all would have knelt down in prayer and had a vigil last night, imagine the message that that would send. You go from somebody who is trying to overthrow the government to a group of people who are peacefully praying for the people who are so misguided that are trying to put him in jail. Imagine if Donald Trump went to jail, but then uttered the words of Martin Luther King or Gandhi and sent the message to his supporters. We are people of peace. And they cannot put these ideas in a cage. They can't. These are the opportunities we need to look for. The opportunity to change the world will come disguised as something horrible in your or our lives. Be on the lookout for that horrible thing. Because it will be the thing that saves us in the end. Man's best friend comes with his own set of health needs. It isn't enough just to throw some dry kibble into a bowl. Your dog needs the nutrients and the kind of stuff that gets cooked out of the kibble. Um, I started giving Uno rough greens a couple of years ago. You know, our dogs were much more healthy when they were just being fed the scraps on the table. Because that's, that's the way people used to feed their dogs. You know, I mean, back in, 
depression days and everything. You just scoop whatever you had left over, and they, that's what they would have. The dog food that is kibble food is made to last on a shelf for over two years. Do you want to eat that every day? Do you think that's healthy? I don't think so. In fact, I know it's not. You want the greens, right? You need the things that are healthy. That's what Rough Greens does to kibble food. You sprinkle it on top, and it gives them all of the things that are needed, including the things that are alive, like probiotics. I want you to call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33, and they're going to give you the first trial bag of Rough Greens for free. You just pay for shipping. Call 833-GLENN-33, 833-GLEN-33, or roughgreens.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. Stu and I, uh, if you don't mind me sharing a little bit of what we were just talking about here, Stu. Sure. Stu and I just had a uh, a really uh, a remarkable conversation um, on, you know, if things happen, you know, that are so bad, how do you just get the strength to just carry on? And, and uh, and you know, it's just, you know, you, you get beat up all the time, too. So you know it, and you're like, where do I find the strength? I will tell you. Stu just said this, and I have said this to so many people over this last summer. We just love you. You are heroes to us. When you see what you have done in Afghanistan, uh, just in Maui, I think we're up to 1.6 million. I mean, that's just a few hundred thousand dollars away from what the U.S. government is doing. Um, when you see what has happened with hurricanes and disasters and and even I see it in the chat rooms, you know, from Blaze subscribers, and they they support one another. They care about one another. Um, it's really remarkable. It's really remarkable. I, th- I know you as an audience has made me a better man. You want you. I want to be better because of you. And I'd be greatly diminished with without your friendship. And I know that's weird because we don't know each other, but I always feel like when we meet, we do. Yeah, I've been coming back a lot to just everything that, you know, this group of people has accomplished, you know, uh, over the past couple decades. And a lot of times it pushes me through these like times where, you know, the world does get a little depressing from time to time. I don't know if people have noticed that. And like, it, it, it's hard to believe that you can get through it and then you think of all the things that just this one audience of this one show has accomplished and it does make it feel like it's worth it it's worth coming in and doing this every it's day a microcosm, it's worth getting up every day it's a microcosm of the best of america that we want not to say that you know our audience doesn't also have its problems i'm sure it does we're all people but there is something about this group of people that of what they've done and i just want you to know Thank you for the hope you give us every day. The Glenn Beck Program.